right, welcome back to part two of the Stick 'em Up podcast free agency breakdown. Yeah. Uh, we're, we just talked about Anaheim all the way to Montreal, and now we're going to go from Nashville to the end of the NHL. Boom. So, Let's do it. All right, so the Predators, among trading away and buying out quite a few guys, they, uh, they, they made some decent signings here. Yeah, they're in the, the Big Dick Barry era now. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I just I don't understand what they're doing. No, I, just I think really it's... really don't. Yeah, it's very like... It's not, they're not trying to compete. They're not trying to rebuild. They're doing whatever the fuck Barry Trotz feels like he wants to do right now. Exactly. I think that's his version of a rebuild, but I think... I think he's looking to make it a real quick one. It just it make it it makes no sense to me why, like as we talked um, previously, with the whole you know getting rid of Johansson and Duchesne, but then they bring in Ryan O'Reilly right after. It just yeah, it makes four no years sense. And then at even, uh, yeah, and then even Gus Nyquist, they bring in Luke Shen. Like it's it, like it's nice to see they got. Uh, Carrie and Cody Glass resigned, you know, kind of their their younger guys that um, they've been developing. But I'm just, I'm not understanding the process of what they're doing right now. Yeah, I've online more than any other team. I've seen so many Nashville fans being like, I have no idea what's going on. But uh, <laughs> they're, they're all seem to be hesitantly trusting trots right now. But yeah. it's... It's a weird time in Nashville, for sure. You just got to let Trotz cook a little bit. Um, but, like, I, I don't hate the signings they've made. It's just, it's very weird given what they did the, the entire week prior leading up to it. Yeah. Which makes me just a little, little unsure of, of what direction they're going in. Like, I, I very well see Nashville running into a... And an issue that that San Jose went in was in for years. Like really, San Jose should have started their rebuild, you know, a couple years ago. And now they're not really committing to it until like you know last year. And now you know running through it there, like Nashville's going to be in that area where they're not they're nowhere near contender, but they're not rebuilding. They're going to be that tweener team where you you probably miss the playoffs. And, you know, just kind of much like last year, you get that, that 15, 16 pick. So it's like you weren't a playoff team, but you were the best of all the teams that missed. So you don't get a good pick. And it's not even a lottery pick. And you just keep recycling that for, you know, two or three years. It, it, it eventually you hit a point where now you're really rebuilding and you've got not really any high-end assets. And all your good players, you know, are you're not going to be able to get any good value for them at that point. Yeah, or as was... good as you could get, I guess I would say, because you could probably still get a decent amount for some of their guys, uh, you know, two or three years down the road, if if they end up, you know, wanting to to go chase a cup or something. Yeah, I think I think uh, you know they're they're kind of in a dangerous spot of you because you don't want to end up like you know what Minnesota had been for the 10 years prior to getting Kaprizov. Like, yeah. they're just, yeah, always picking between pick 13 and 17 
and never getting much better, never getting worse, so you can't fully enter the rebuild. Luckily, they just hit on a fifth-round pick for Kaprizov, and they, the franchise has been revitalized since. But uh, before that, it was, it was pretty grim over there for a while. Yeah, yeah, they were in a really tough spot for, for quite a few years, and I think we're going to kind of see that again, like we talked about for the next couple years, um, just due to that, you know, uh, buyouts they got and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah, Nashville, I'm just, I'm not, not certain what they got going on. But again, Barry Trotz just took over. So I'm, you know, giving the benefit of the doubt and, and kind of letting him cook a bit and see what, uh, what he's got uh, coming up here for him, you know, uh, over the next however many years. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's one of those guys that has enough of a reputation that he'll, regardless of the, how the team does, I think for, two or three years he'll be good there to yeah. to really put his own plan into effect before anyone starts really questioning it too much. Yeah, exactly, right? I agree. All on board. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the New Jersey Devils. They didn't make a lot of signings, but they're, they're some pretty good signings. I like a lot of what they did. And the, the biggest thing with New Jersey more than anything is they got Jesper Brought and Timo Meyer assigned, which was their their big moves. Those that was on their agenda more than anything. They yeah. were able to do that, and now, um, you know, almost kind of running it back with pretty much very similar to, uh, you know, the team they had last year. Obviously, you know, they've got a couple um, intriguing prospects coming up, like um, Luke Hughes, Simone Nemec on the blue line. Uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how, how that goes for them with those young guys. So they really didn't need to go out and bring in any big free agents because they still kind of got that really young, good core that, that they've already established. Yeah, and they still went out and they, uh, you know, traded, uh, who was it, Siegenthaler for Toffoli? And, no, uh, um, it, Sharon Govich. Sharon Govich, yes, for... Yeah. Uh, for Tyler Toffoli, they uh, yeah, and even adding Toffoli huge for them. Yeah, and they they re-upped Nathan Bastian for a two-year contract, uh, McLeod for one year. I really like the Eric Schalgren contract. I think that's that has potential to be really good, considering it's what is it a one-year two-way deal, seven hundred seventy-five grand. Like that's nothing for a guy who with Toronto looked really good. Yeah, like he could easily come in and be a serviceable uh backup for them. And if it doesn't work out, it's like, okay, well you're not really paying him anything and he can still go be a great guy down in the the AHL for them. Yeah, you could easily bury that. And like I I think he's in a few years gonna be a starter in the NHL. I think I think Shalgren's gonna be good. Maybe not elite level, yeah. but I definitely think he'll have a consistent job in the NHL in a few years. Yeah, and, and now that we're past the draft, I think we kind of look, we can kind of get more of a better look at um, at the Timo Meyer trade, and it's really starting to look more like an even trade for both sides, especially now that, you know, we know how that first round pick for this year ended up being for San Jose. Um, the pick next year is either a second or a first. I'm more, especially based on, what the Devils have done and what they have coming up. I'm leaning more towards it's probably going to be a f- another first-round pick for San Jose next year. 
Um, what assuming, are the conditions on that? Is that them so it's, making it to the conference finals? Yeah, they just got to make it to the Eastern Conference final. And right. they either had to make it this year or next year, and that pick would be upgraded from a second to a first. So I've, either way, it's like whether it's a second or a first, it's going to be late in that round. So I'm assuming it's a first, a late first round pick. But like the Devils now got Meyer on a good, good contract. Um, he's going to have a full offseason with the guys, you know, kind of working with the team more, more comfortable. Um, and then San Jose, you know, they've, they've got, they got good players out of it originally. And then the, uh, the guy they used the first round pick on Quinton Musty, like that just, that looks like such a good trade for both sides now. Um, especially the devils in the now and in the next couple years. Cause now they're really, you know, um, on, on cup watch, I think given the roster yeah. that they have. Yeah. I think after this breakout year, I think going into this next year, they're officially, they're officially like top tier contenders, not just uh, guys to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're no longer like uh, you know those squeak in as like maybe a wild card or or maybe get third in the match or something like they're they're right in there with you know I they're wouldn't even be say up there with I mean Tampa, yeah they're right Toronto, up there with the Rangers. Yeah, even Carolina like they're they're like they're they could easily win the Presidents Trophy next year, and I would not be surprised. And yeah. There, there's still rumors swirling that they, they might um, trade for Hellebuck from the Jets. And so you bring Hellebuck in, like, my that, that team is instantly, um, would, would be my cup favorite. I was going to say, that moves them from a cup contender to a cup favorite real quick. Yeah. So, so far, really solid offseason for the Devils. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be lots more uh, from them, you know, going up to, to the beginning of uh, the regular season next year. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, we got the New York Islanders. A lot of longer contracts that they signed. A lot of these teams have, you know, signed a bunch of guys to one-year, two-year deals. They've got two guys who signed a seven-year extension and a one-four-year. Yet, and, and I'm even looking on this. This isn't even including their biggest signing. Like, pretty much all the Islanders signings have been re-upping their current guys um and this this doesn't even include their biggest one which is Ilya Sorokin signing an eight-year extension um with the team what was that for was that for nine million a year 8.25 which in my in my honest opinion out of any goalie in the league he is by far on a pure athleticism level he is number one I'm not saying yeah, fully skill, but athleticism, he is, his athleticism is basically what prime Jonathan Quicks was, maybe even better. And yeah. so to have him locked up for, I mean, 8.25 for eight years, like the term, you know, is, 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 isn't honestly bad given his age. Like, what is he, 26? So it only takes him till he's 34. Like you've got him now locked up for the prime yeah. of his career. And now yeah, he's really just longer. hitting his stride. And goalies often yeah. tend to stay at their, at their prime level and take a lot longer to fall off than regular players do. So that, you know, going to 34 is probably not going to be too exactly. much of an issue. Like, and then, you know, Engvall and Mayfield both signed for seven years. It, it like people are like oh those are such long contracts but it's like but look at the the AAV they're now getting 
Like it's so much lower. And those are great guys that are, especially um, Mayfield, are huge on the penalty kill. And Engvall yeah. really kind of solidified himself into a, into a good um, role with the Islanders, you know, near the end of the regular season and even in the playoffs. Um, he's just a big body. He's got speed. Uh, I'm just, I'm not too big on the Varlamov signing. Like four years is, is a bit much for a guy who's what? What is he? Th- is he 34 right now? 35 right now. 35. So it takes him till he's like, I mean, and so he's a great backup though. Like it's, it, you're paying them, like you're, you're paying over 10 mil for your goalies, which isn't ideal, but like, Again, though, it's, it's, it's a, a lot position for a guy you're... when you have Sorokin, right? Well, exactly, like... but it, it, it goes back to at the end of uh, our last one we did talking about kind of like the Kings, you know, if Sorokin suffers a pretty bad injury, misses some time, you still got Varlamov who can easily, you know, carry your team for, for f- 55 plus games in a season if need be, and even in the playoffs. So, like, that's a great one-two punch with your goalies. Um, for the future, so if anything does happen to Sorokin, like Varlamov is is more than capable of of coming Stepping in and being that starter and role. Yeah, if he, he can to. still be a brick wall um, for the Islanders. So I don't like how much they're paying him. Like I wish it was a little bit less. Um, but that's just such a solid goaltending tandem. Yeah, for for at least the next three years. Don't know if Varley will play that fourth year of the contract. Maybe, but at least three years. That's that's such a deadly. Uh, duo in the net for them yeah and they're they're both uh russian goaltenders correct like that's uh you know it's always nice to have the guys in the same position from the same country you know kind of have they probably had a rather similar uh upbringing through the systems and whatnot to get to the nhl yeah and the biggest thing when they got varlamov was he has um so like obviously yeah he's he's russian same as sorokin but Varlamov also has the same agent as Sorokin. And so a big part of bringing Varley over was to convince Sorokin to come over to North America and play for the Islanders and be part of that team, which ended up happening. And so, you know what? I feel like the Islanders kind of owe it to Varlamov with this contract because I, I'm still on the fence. Like, if it wasn't for Varlamov, I'm not fully sure if you'd have Sorokin now locked in for an eight-year deal. And even if you got him over, I don't know if he would have stuck around the, the way that he, that he has so far and is going to continue to if it wasn't for Varlamov. So I think this is maybe almost the Islanders' way of saying thanks for um, coming in and you know, being our guy for you know, a couple years and, and passing the torch on to this generational goalie now that, that Sorokin is. Yeah, uh, 100%. And I'm just excited to watch, assuming, uh, you know, a couple years down the road that Shesterkin re-ups with the Rangers. I'm excited to see the battle of, because uh, Sorokin and Shesterkin are like best friends. Um, yeah. So, so watching those two battle it out, I hope, I really hope we see Islanders-Rangers in the playoffs um, yes. while these two goalies are in their prime. Because to watch these two battle it out, because they are both beasts in the playoffs. Like that would be just that would be such a fun series to watch, and just not even for that, just that rivalry between the two teams alone. Yeah, that would 
that would be a great series to watch. That'd be so fun. And, you know, you also got, you know, other certain matchups. You know, you got the... You got Scott Mayfield versus Jacob Truba, stuff like that. Like that would that would be a really fun series to watch. Yeah, yeah, I would. Oh, we can only like we we are so close to getting it this year. Like I really thought there was a chance we could have got it, but uh, didn't happen. Maybe maybe next year because I still see the Rangers as you know potentially they could they could very well we'll get to them uh, coming up next year and the moves they made. We could easily see Rangers finish top of the Metro, Islanders in a wild card, and maybe we maybe we see them battle it out. I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, like you now said, speaking next, of we the got Rangers, the, we got the Rangers. Another one of those teams that there's a there's a lot of people for one or two year contracts. Uh, do we yeah. want to start off with uh, the Blake Wheeler contract? Yeah, I mean. So, I wish I had some here. Pour one out here for anyone who was a big fan of the Atlanta Thrashers. So, Blake Wheeler was actually the final uh, member of the Thrashers that came to Winnipeg when they relocated. So, now there's nobody left on the Winnipeg Jets that wore a Thrashers uh, jersey. Yep, the end of an era. It's kind of a tough, tough go, but... It just sucks seeing Wheeler, you know, it kind of end the way it did with Winnipeg, gets stripped of the C, doesn't even get, you know, an A or something. They're kind of rotating and whatnot last year, um, and then ends with a buyout. Um, and, and now signs with the Rangers. Like, he's, he's just cup chasing. Can't blame the guy. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, that, that's a great ad for the Rangers, you know. You've got big bodies like him and Chris Kreider on the wings. Like, that's that's those are two great big power forwards you can put up points for you and i think wheeler signed cheap like it was i don't even know if it was I think, a million dollars no 800k yeah like, like like that's but that that's the power you get when you're you know you're the rangers in madison square garden like you can you can get a lot of those guys to sign for 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 cheap for to come and try and you know win a cup there and whatnot yeah they Honestly, I'm surprised the Rangers haven't done better in the past few years, given just all the seeming advantages they've got. You know, guys like, uh, you know, Adam Fox, he's just like, I'm only going to play there. A Norris winning defenseman just would only play for your team. Like, even uh, uh, Patrick and what's his name? Jimmy VC. I mean, he, he turned out to be kind of a bust, but he was a high touted prospect at the time when he, uh, you know, forced his way to, to the Rangers. Yeah, like they they constantly have very skilled players uh flocking to them specifically. You know, they got these guys signing cheap. They uh we'll see if in the next few years if they can uh pull one out. I just I I cannot believe that, you know, you go out at with the team they already had, you go out at the deadline, get Patrick Kane and Tarasenko, and you go up first round, it's just like and it's and Shesterkin put up like what was it a nine four zero save percentage or something through those seven games like the goal scoring was just not there for the Rangers really they were dominant games one and two and then it just wasn't really there much for the rest of the season or uh, series yeah who were the two guys that really disappeared that series Panarin and was it Zabinajad yeah 
they yeah. they just kind of dried up. You know, you need you need scoring from your top guys in those close series, and they just yeah. couldn't get it. Also, uh, you know, not a huge signing, but uh, Jonathan Quick, three time Stanley Cup champ, goes to to the Rangers, uh, backup goalie. I guess that was his childhood team growing up, so that's probably pretty cool for him now. You know. Yeah, it, it's it, it better late than never, right? Like in his career, he finally gets to go actually play for the Rangers, and I, uh, you know, I think he's he's still got a very realistic chance of winning a cup there with them. So that's kind of cool to see uh, see that uh, that all come full circle for him in his career. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's pretty. Those are pretty much the only other oh, big signings, really. I didn't realize they got Nick Benino. Oh, that's oh, a great depth signing for them, actually. That's a great penalty killer. That is a great move for them, actually. I like that one. I'm a big Nick Benino fan, so that's, that's a great signing for the Rangers. Wish he didn't go to the Rangers, but nonetheless, that, yeah. that's a good signing for them. That's a good signing for them. Also, though, they still don't have Lafreniere and uh, Keandre Miller signed. Both of them are still just have been qualified as RFAs and are... Uh, they're they're open to be offer sheeted right now. Like somebody should do it. Somebody needs to do it. I just when is the last time there was a first round pick who first overall and, pick and and Lafreniere's case yeah yeah sorry yeah first overall pick that ended up in a point where like because what is he he's he's just coming off his entry level contract yeah and he didn't have an extension in place. He didn't get signed right away as it expired. Like, they qualified him, and he's sitting there bait on the market. Like, somebody, I just, that is just somebody should my do mind. It. Someone's I got so it. Bad, I so badly want these NHL teams to stop acting like a rich man's country club and an old boys club and start acting like a professional sports team. Somebody needs to go out there and say, hey, fuck the Rangers. I want a guy who's first overall talent. Like you can just have what? him for for not even that much. Like, well, I'm pretty sure, like Carolina and New Jersey both still have some decent cap space, if I'm not mistaken. Like, why not be like, hey, laugh like two years, six million dollars. I think you have to give up like a first, uh, a first and a third, or a first, a second, and a third, or something, and. Just go balls to the wall and be like, hey, Rangers, you're either paying Lafreniere six mil or you're losing him and we're going to turn him into the first overall pick that he was like. Yeah, I'm, I'm very confident that if he goes somewhere else, he will immediately improve or at least over thrive. a few years, he will get way better. He's, yeah. he's just not in a place to do what he needs to do as that type of player, as that elite playmaking and scoring winger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I really hope we see an offer sheet. I barely care which team does it. Obviously, some of the really low-down teams don't want to in case, you know, they give up a lottery pick. But, yeah, exactly. Because you can't have but, conditions on those. Like, that's just, you're giving up those picks. Like, there's no conditions. It's, it's yeah, there's no protection. Up, you're giving them away right there. Yeah, but, you know, a team that thinks they might, you know, they might, you know, be kind of middling this year again, like, uh, you know, a team like uh, Minnesota, 
if they think they're just barely going to make the playoffs or if they think they're going to be just outside the playoffs. Freaking offer sheet them for six mil, six point something mil, give up three picks that maybe they'll turn into something, maybe they won't. And then you're getting a guy that you know is going to be at the very least NHL caliber, but more than likely he's going to be really good. Could you imagine if he is what people touted him as? And then they've got him on the other side of Kaprizov. Well, and exactly, right? Like, I would, I would rather take a, you know, a, a 21, 22-year-old first overall pick who's been used poorly rather than a middle first-round pick who you don't know how that's going to pan out. Yeah. Like, is a first overall pick for a reason. Like, he's got the skill. He, the Rangers just have put him in, in such a shit position. And I think I've even yeah. seen... Uh, rumors that they're, they've, you know, it's not, not like official, but that he's available for trade. Yeah, I've, I've so, definitely heard that they're entertaining it, but I don't think they want to, but they're kind of in a position where they feel like they might need to, which, you know, they, if they don't have the cap space, you know, if you don't like a trade you're being offered, <laughs> just force their hand and offer sheet them. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't think they're going to let Keandre Miller go anywhere. I think they'd keep him before Lafreniere. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Their forward is, is so deep. Like, there's no room for Lafreniere to grow. But there's room for Keandre Miller to, to grow and excel into a, into a top two defenseman. Um, if, if his ceiling, you know, gets that high. Yeah. Uh, it sounded like you were saying something. We got breaking news or something? Or were you just uh, thinking there? Nope, 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 no breaking news uh, currently. Oh, I'm keeping an eye on it. An eye no, I'm keeping it. an eye on it, yeah. All right. I feel like well, there's something. Next, we got the Ottawa Senators. We got the Ottawa a five-year contract for Corpusalo, the one-year extension for Brandstrom, and Hamannick signing a two-year contract are the big ones here. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, the, I mean, the big one is obviously Corpusalo. Now Ottawa's finally got a goalie. Um, locked up and, and committed there. But again, everything with Ottawa always just comes back around to, you know, what are they doing with Dabrinkit? Like, when is, wh- when is that inevitable trade going to happen? Because it, it sounds like it, it very clearly is going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of a, a mess there right now with that whole situation, which is kind of just overshadowing anything else that they, they kind of do at this point. Yeah, there's there's been quite a few rumors that uh, they're trying to move to Brinkett now so that they can sign Tarasenko, maybe. Yeah, although that but, sounds like there's some some news surrounding Tarasenko that uh, we'll get to with one of these these later teams down the list here. All right, all right. Uh, you have much uh, opinion on the Hamannick? I mean, I, I, it's a good signing. Like he's nowhere near the player he once was. Like. You know, a lot of people forget he was traded um, for like a first and a second round pick from the Islanders back when he was like in his prime. And from the moment he left the Islanders, he just was never the same player. And I know a lot of injuries happened and took place. Um, There's rumors that, you know, especially in Vancouver, he he wasn't good in the locker room. Like they had to kind of get him out of there. Uh, but with Ottawa, it just seems like he's kind of found a found a home. 
Um, you know, it sounds like he's been great in the locker room for their young guys. So maybe that that was just a Vancouver issue, not necessarily Hamannick. Uh I think it's a great signing for Ottawa, though. He's a great, you know, five six defenseman. Kills penalties, you know, blocks shots, lays some big hits. Like he, 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 he does what he's asked of, and he excels at it. So I think that's a good signing for Ottawa. It's a cheap deal as well. I think it's only like one point one mil or something. Yeah, one point um, one for two years. Yeah, so like that—that's a great signing for Ottawa. I've got no complaints there. Um, yeah, more than anything, I'm just really curious to see what. Uh, what happens with Debrinke? You know, it sounds like it's kind of, it's either Detroit or the Islanders. It sounds like are the two teams still uh, kind of throwing out offers. It sounds like nothing's really close yet, but yeah, it's just something to kind of keep an eye on and see when, when that whole saga comes to a close. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then there was also Eric Brandstrom signing for one more year for $2 million. Yeah, kind of seems like they're of... just uh, not even a, a bridge deal, just kind of kicking the can down the road. Kind of, they it's really hard to tell what kind of player he's going to end up being, and this gives them one more year to figure that out. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like so for like it. This that when I saw that signing, it very much reminded me of for anyone who plays like the NHL games. You know when you've got like a guy that's just requesting a whole bunch of money that doesn't deserve it. And so you just <laughs> throw, give him that, you just give him that shitty one year deal for like a cheap contract. And you're like, Oh, hopefully next year he'll ask for less. That's almost what this deal seems like. Cause yeah. for a guy like Branson for a one year deal, it just, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, cause that, yeah, that's not really a bridge deal. Cause like a bridge deal, you want to do like 2 million for two to three years, like a, it seems like a one-year deal is just kind of to get them to next year so they can get their whole cap situation maybe more figured out. Yeah, figure out I, what they like want to part... do with him while not dealing with the, uh, the Debrinkit situation. Yeah, and I think the Branston for one year is almost so, because Ottawa's made it very clear, they're open to bringing Debrinkit back for another year, and then maybe they move him at the deadline or they sign him to that eight-year extension at the, you know, at the end of next season and then trade his trade him then like do a sign and trade and so i feel like maybe that's why branstrom got the one year so then you can still bring to bring him back on a one-year deal um if there's no trade that's you know that fits ottawa right for the time being yeah and uh i'm just throwing out there that eric branstrom really was a ea sports france franchise mode legend for many years yeah. He always grew yeah. to be like one of the best best defensemen in the league. Yeah, we'll see what. And he, he was, you know, I mean, he was the big part of the the Mark Stone trade. So, like, there's, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see how he fully pans out with Otto because I I fully haven't we just haven't seen him get to that level that we know he's capable of being a you know a, a former first round pick and whatnot. Yeah, I, it's really only uh, he. Uh, doesn't have a lot of time to prove that he could be that guy at this point. You know, he's got two or three more years before teams are really going to be like, okay, this is, this is what he is. Yeah, exactly. It's starting to get into that crunch time of, of make or break now. But uh, moving on, we got the Philadelphia Flyers. 
not to, yeah. not to big signings here. A couple of a couple of decent depth ones that let's be real on the Flyers they'll probably play in the top six. But yeah, exactly right. Like they're they're not making those big moves because like they're they're fully committed to to that rebuild. Um, like yeah, there's really not. I mean, like you know, Hathaway signed two years. He's a typical Flyers type of guy. Uh, Mark Stahl, that one's kind of a surprise. He'll probably be moved, you know, at the deadline to a contender to be like a, a sixth, seventh uh, defenseman. Like, just not, not, nothing eye-grabbing for the Flyers right now. They're kind of just committing to the rebuild and um, moving forward with, with what they already have. Yeah, they're all just sitting around twiddling their thumbs waiting for Mitchkov. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, like they're... Yeah, that's pretty pretty much all they're doing at this point. And you know what? I I can't say blame them. I uh I don't know uh the entire situation inside and out, but um I I'm just gonna try and quickly Google it here. But the uh the Flyers the Flyers uh goalie who had uh was having all kinds of issues over in Russia that they drafted, that they wanted to sign to a contract. And then uh, the KHL said, no, they had to stay. And then he ended up getting, like, draft abducted into the, into the military over there. It sounds like he might just be good to go. It sounds like they're just letting him come over to America now and play for the Flyers. Oh, really? So, I totally forgot about that whole thing. Yeah, so, I mean, so he just got like damn near abducted and put into the military up in fucking Siberia or something for a while. But it sounds like they were, you know, the KHL and Russia was kind of like, okay, well, so how good is this guy really going to be? Is it worth doing this? Maybe we should let, let him go over to the flyers and maybe in exchange, the flyers will honor Mitchkov's contract and not try and bring him over early because they know Mitchkov is a much bigger deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. My firm belief is still that Mitchkov is, is gonna have to finish out those uh, those three years in Russia. Like, I, I really don't see a way of the Flyers bypassing any of that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought, totally I thought, thought there was a chance. Mangoli. I thought I thought there was a chance they might get around it. But after, after that, I definitely think they're, they're going to honor it. They're going to let him play out his three years. Or, or what? They sign him, and then they'll probably just do the same thing to Mishkov, right? So, Yeah, I think the only way that... I think they got to um, let him play it out now. Yeah, I think the only way we, we see Mishkov come over early is if he makes that happen. I don't think the Flyers can control that or make that... Uh, Happen to reality, I think it ha- it comes down to Michkov would have to be the one to um, strong arm or whoever and whatever to to get his way over here early. Yeah, fully openly defect kind of. Um, that goalie's yeah. name is Ivan Fedotov, by the way. Okay, all right, that's yeah. Okay, it was hard to talk and spell Philadelphia on Google. Yeah, that's. I was just <laughs> typing Philly and hope it works. Philadelphia Flyers goalie Russia. He's the only only thing that comes up. Man, no such thing as bad press, right? 
Um, yeah, so I don't know. Do you got anything more for the Flyers? Like, I think that's like they really didn't do much. So there's not, not, not really. Much. I mean, they I've been lost in deep time with them, but they yeah, let Van Riemsdyk go. Which was gonna happen, but uh, yeah, not much to say there. Uh, unlike the next team we got here, Pittsburgh Penguins, they got some guys. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they're. And, and it's kind of what we talked about before. They are all in on, uh, you know, going for one final run with uh, the core of Crosby, Malkin, and the Tanger. Not necessarily one final run, but what, get one more cup. Because I yeah, think or at, uh, the, at the very least, still definitely I think, in, in the realm for them of possibilities. Yeah, I definitely think it's most important that they show they're not just going to lay over and rebuild. I think as long as you show you're trying and you at least make the playoffs while you still have Crosby, I, I think that's, that's the benchmark. Like, if they yeah. don't win another cup, like, look at the East, look at the talent around the league. Some of the teams are so stacked. I don't think anyone's going to blame Kyle Dubas or Crosby or any of them if they don't win another one. But if yeah, they miss no. the playoffs the next three years in a row, then I think people are going to be wondering what the hell's going on. Yeah, exactly. Like, like obviously, the, the biggest kind of one for them is uh, they got Tristan Jari signed to another five years. Um, I don't know. What, what are they paying him? What was his AV in the end? I didn't, uh, I didn't quite catch it. I think it was decent. I think it was 4.5. Uh, 5.375 million okay. annually. Which, which, you know what? Honestly, I don't think is bad for him. No, if, like, he can, if he can stay healthy and kind of get back on track, I think that'll be a just fine contract. Well, and so the alternative, you know, because I, I saw a lot of people being like, oh, that's, you know, an overpay for Jari and, and whatnot. But the reality is, you know, you kind of had to give him that because if you don't, then what? You don't really have a starting goalie. And if you're going to go and trade for one like Hellebuck, you're going to have to give up a lot. And yeah. I don't think Jari's bad by any means. And now you have Jari, and then you still have all these, you know, picks and prospects. And it sounds like they're still, you know, kicking tires on Eric Carlson. If you were to lose Jari and, you know, again, like Hellebuck, you trade for him, there's no way you have the assets to trade for a guy like Carlson at that point. So I don't, I think it's a good move for the Penguins to stick with Jari and, um, you know, keep rolling with the guys from kind of within. Yeah, I think I think that was pretty good. I I did not hear about uh, this next one here, but uh, Noel Achari, three years, two million per season. That's a great signing for them. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's very good. And I I put that one right in there with uh, the Matt Nieto signing for two years. Um, the even fun fact with Nieto, this is his, this is gonna be the fifth time now where you're in his career where he's starting the season with a different team from last year, but this is only his third, uh, third team he's ever played on because he started with San Jose, got traded to Colorado, played there for a bit, then signed back with San Jose, and then um, got traded to Colorado again last year before the deadline. Um, huh. but, but I think a guy like Nieto, Nieto and Achari together is so good for the Penguins' bottom six because they bring speed, you know, a little bit of tenacity, good penalty killers. Um, 
And and they're not really paying them much. Like they're great depth signings at a reasonable price. And and they got a little bit like of term penguins, on them. You, like no Machari for three years. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then uh, even even Lars Eller, he signed a two year deal. Um, I'm just gonna pull up here and see what uh, what he was given here by by the Penguins. Um, yeah, I wonder. So two how years, two point four five. Which is is great for a guy like Lars Eller as well, who's again also a former yeah. Cup champ. So he's got that uh, bit of you know he's got that experience and that veteranship, that leadership. He's 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 going to be a great addition to their bottom six as well. Yeah, I think I think I gotta wonder uh, how much it being Kyle Dubis negotiating that stuff uh, helped with signing a guy like Noel Achari. You know, he's the guy who brought him into Toronto at the deadline last year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, from everything I've heard, Kyle Dubas sounds like he's, uh, him in particular as a GM, is very liked by all the players. Like, it sounds like, you know, he just constantly does right by players and, like, you know, he won't, he won't screw them over and send them somewhere they don't want and he won't, he won't you know, F them over at all. So it's... Uh, so the you gotta wonder if that's it of Vegas. Know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, for, yeah. From what I've seen and heard, like, yeah, he he does right by the players, and play a lot of players have a desire to to go and play for a guy like Dubas because they know they're gonna be treated right and taken care of. Yeah, and uh, they also they also for four and a half mil per season for six years got Ryan Graves. That was a pretty decent sign. And that's a big one. Like they needed uh they needed to bring in another guy on their blue line. And Ryan Graves is a perfect addition to them who, you know, he can kind of chip in offensively here and there, but he can also really like lock it down in his own end. Like just from what I'm not even including what the Penguins already have, but just from what they brought in, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised to see them uh you know, like a top five, maybe even top three penalty kill next season. Yeah, they got they got a lot of good defensive guys coming in now, for sure. Uh, they also yeah. signed Nedeljkovic for one and a half mil, which, yeah. uh, like, you know what? I It did not work out at all for him in Detroit. But, no. man, man, was he good that first year. He he definitely I think could have easily won the Calder uh, yeah. back in Carolina. I yeah. I think like and they have a great defensive system and a lot of good defensemen, but I think he could he could definitely bounce back and get somewhere around that level, especially as a backup. Oh, for sure, yeah. It just raises a question now because you've got Jari, who's obviously you know your starter, and now you've got Nedeljkovic, and you've got Casey DeSmith. So, I mean, if, you know, unless the plans for Nedeljkovic to play, play in the AHL, I, you know, I think the Smith might, uh, he might find his, his way out of, out of Pittsburgh through a trade at some point. Yeah, I definitely think that's one of those, uh, Jari's our starter and we'll see in camp who we like better. Yeah. But, you know, having, having three goalies, especially with the goalie, uh, injury luck they've had in recent years. I don't think having three goalies is a bad idea at all. Exactly, right? Yeah. For sure. All right.
Jeez, it takes so long to scroll past them. There's so many names. Next, we got we got your boys, the boys in teal, San Jose Sharks. Yeah. So this is uh, so th- this was the one I was talking about with Tarasenko because uh, just recently I've been seeing on on Twitter there's been rumors coming from Elliot Friedman that uh, the Sharks are are quite interested in uh, both Tarasenko and Matthew Dumba, who are both still currently free agents. Um, it sounds like with Dumba though, it's the biggest thing is. Uh, obviously, Carlson would have to be moved uh, to bring in a guy like um, Dumba. But then, it's, yeah. yeah, it sounds like they're they're kicking tires on on bringing Tarasenko in into their their top six. Um, it doesn't sound like there's much steam to them, but they're, they're it's it's kind of you know rumors that are swirling around. So it's kind of something to to keep an out because that's the only thing I've heard about about Tarasenko since the whole uh, Carolina thing fell apart. So. I do. I think it'll hit the finish line with San Jose. Absolutely not. But if it happens, um, I'll be interested to see kind of what what that deal would look like and uh, you know how long it would be for. Yeah, it's uh, unless you're giving them a boat anchor of a contract, it's never bad to get a guy for free and free agency, right? Like exactly, yeah. Especially if you can uh, recoup assets later. Yeah, but but in in, t- in terms of what they've already done, like, I mean, the, I mean, the biggest is probably you know re-signing uh, Fabian Zetterlund, who's one of the pieces they got back in the Timo Meyer trade. Uh, he looked great with New Jersey last year. Had a hard time uh, getting it going with the Sharks, but again, like I talked about with Meyer, you know, full off season with the team, spending the summer in San Jose, um, you know, just working on getting better. You could see a, a good. Uh, a good season from him next year. And then uh, they ended up getting Mackenzie Blackwood signed to, to a two year deal, probably going to run a tandem between him and Capo uh, Kakinen, which I mean, ho- hopefully Blackwood works out. Cause I mean, injuries are, are a big concern with him, but like the skill, the skill is there. It's just, you gotta be, he's gotta be able to stay healthy for, for more than 10 games or so. Yeah, it's it's the same same conversation that you have with so many goalies. It seems like yeah, you, it's it's all about health. We know they have the skill, but can they stay healthy enough? You know, the best ability is availability. Yeah, exactly. And then I mean, from like day one of of free agency, their biggest you know move was was making that move to to kind of help Florida out in their cap hell and uh, get a steal of a deal on a guy like Anthony Duclair who. Again, you know, could could be there potentially long term uh, if he's a good fit, and if not, you you can still get a decent package for him at the deadline. Um, and then the rest are really kind of just a bunch of depth signings for him, like Kyle Burrow's three year deal, Giovanni Smith, uh, probably gonna fit fit into like a fourth line role. My guess would be. Um, so so nothing too crazy from the Sharks. Again, they're they're very much kind of like Philly, kind of. St- committing to to the rebuild for for you know however however long they need to and then uh just kind of running with with their core and what they got right now yeah one thing i do like that they're doing is that the majority of these guys here like what is this one two three four five six seven eight guys that they signed contracts to uh six of them have either a two or three year contract 
And with the state that the team is in right now, I think it's pretty hard to tell what a player is a lot of the time if they're, you know, they play only one year there and it's on a bottoming team. I think, I think it gives a lot of those guys a good shake to see what they can really do by giving them two year contracts. Yeah, exactly. Right. And like none of these guys have a real cap hit. So it's, it's, you're not risking anything by putting two years on them. I'm sure most of them are two way contracts. Yeah, like, and then for the rest, like Ryan Carpenter, Scott Sabrin, Nathan Todd, uh, like all, all just guys to pro- like probably just AHL guys. Um, you know, just those those are probably gonna kind of be like their three veteran forwards there to to play with their young guys. Um, so yeah, not, nothing crazy and out of this world. Yeah, again, everything still always comes back to what's gonna happen with Eric Carlson. Um, you and I briefly talked last night. Um, how, you know, it sounds like it's like Dallas is still sniffing around Seattle, Carolina, Pittsburgh. Um, but it sounds like teams are just asking for way too much retained, but then they're not happy with the price they have to pay. And it's like, well, you can't, you can't have it both ways and expect San Jose to retain so much, but be like, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to give up a lot. It's like, well, it doesn't work that way. Cause at the end of the day, like I'm sure San Jose is very fine keeping Eric Carlson for you know, another year or two uh, with the way he's been playing. Um, but obviously, you know, he kind of wants to go to a contender. But I don't think the Sharks are going to make a move that w- is really going to hinder them just to make a player happy and, you know, potentially screw the franchise over uh, for the r- duration of his contract and for however much retained. Yeah, I think I think as long as they stay at, you know, three mil or less would be optimal. I think as long as they keep it at four or less. I think they'll be fine. I don't See, think, I think they're three. I think three is the perfect number because because then you get Carlson at uh, like eight mil, which I think yeah. isn't bad for four years. Like that's oh, that's, no, that's very great. doable, and especially with as I, I it sounds like Pittsburgh's kind of the um the biggest team right now taking a run. You know, if San Jose says, "Okay, we'll retain whatever two and a half, three mil." And we'll take back a, a Jeff Petrie and his big contract right now, or a Mikhail Granlund as part of the deal. You know, you're also helping Pittsburgh out for this season by taking back one of their bad contracts right now. And that's still a guy that can still play, you know, a good role for the Sharks. So it just it sounds like nothing's close to being done at all. Um and then, yeah, it sounds like there's still the rumors swirling of Tarasenko and Dumba. But again, I think a Carlson trade has to happen first before you can um, make those big free agent signings. Yeah, I think, I think Pittsburgh would be a perfect place for him. The only thing is, I don't know if that works for San Jose as much, you know. Pittsburgh's got one of the, the, the shallowest uh, prospect pools in the entire league. Like, they, yeah. they don't have a ton of what San Jose is probably looking for at this point, which is really too bad because how fun would it to be watch a, watching a power play of Latang, Carlson, Crosby, Malkin, and uh, Gensel. Like, yeah, like that. And again, you, and then you compare that with the guys that they brought in that can be great for the boss. Like you could easily have a, a top power play and a top penalty kill in the entire league. Like that's, 
that, that would be nuts for Pittsburgh. But yeah, you know, it's. But you know what? You never can never count out Dubas kind of from what I've. Uh, from what from what we've learned over the last couple of years. Yeah. And it sounds like uh, him with uh, the Leafs were interested in him in the deadline. It didn't ever yep. get done, but it sounds like there was interest there. So we know he likes him as a player, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. He would love to yeah. to bring a guy like Carlson in. Yeah, I think if they can find if uh, maybe they involve a third team, but uh, if if Pittsburgh can find enough pieces that San Jose wants and will take back, I definitely think that's a very real possibility. Oh, yeah, for sure. All yeah. right, moving on from San Jose, we got the Kraken. Yeah, moving up, moving up north a little bit there. Um, kind of, kind of quiet for Seattle, but again, like there, there's not many moves that they had to make. Like they're still kind of running with their core, letting their young guys grow. They brought a couple of good pieces in who who are going to play good roles for them next season. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like the the Brian Dumoulin one the most. I think out of their out of their signings. Yeah, I think that's a really good contract. 3.15 mil for two seasons is uh, pretty good. Also, you the know Yamamoto exactly what you're going to get with him. Yeah, I, I like the Yamamoto signing as well. One and a half for one year. That's really low risk, but, you know... High reward. That, that, could, be, that could pay off so huge. You know, if he goes there and he really breaks out as a guy that he just it just wasn't happening over in Edmonton. You know, maybe he finds the right line mates or whatever it takes. Uh he could definitely be a steal for that for that team. Oh yeah, like for sure. I I think that's yeah, and like yeah, that's it's such a low risk, high reward um move. And if it doesn't work out, it's like okay that's fine. But like it could pay off huge for them. So I'm I'm very curious to see what kind of role he fits in in with Seattle and um you know how they're kind of uh looking to to build their team. Um is they're really starting to, you know, look to be a consistent playoff team for the next couple, you know, five plus years at least. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they're they're looking to be in a really good direction especially over in the Pacific that's at the moment looking weak there. A lot of those teams are starting to look like they've got their rebuild settled. So I don't think they have too long before the division gets kind of nasty again. But right now, yeah. I think, I think right now is when you got to go for it, you know, same as uh, like the Kings. Yeah. And it's also going to be interesting to see um, how a guy like Shane Wright, you know, comes in like, and I've already said, like, you know, going back to the draft just this year alone, I think Seattle just smashed it. Had one of the best drafts of 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 any team. And then they still got a guy mm-hmm. like Shane Wright who, you know, it's, again, it's you, you, you don't know what you're fully going to be getting from him because, um, you know, he, he looked great in the World Juniors. People thought he was going to be a first overall pick. Drops to four and then... Um, you know, struggled to even stay consistently in the lineup when he was in the AHL. So he's got a lot of work to do, but he's 
he still could be a very big, big part of the Kraken team uh, come next season. You know, if, if all yeah, goes right. He only, he only got drafted a year ago. I think a lot of people are writing him off too quickly. You know, everyone's like, well, oh, he yeah. dropped a fourth overall. That doesn't change his skill level. If he, whether he goes first or fourth, he's the same player. Like, yeah. he is he's, he's still good enough over- to even be considered first overall. Yeah, he is at the very least least very close to first overall skill level and i think he's still incredibly young i don't even know if he's 20 yet like he's he's got plenty of room to grow and i think in a fresh new franchise like seattle there's got to be very few places as good to do it yeah exactly right like yeah um all right, so mo- moving on from Seattle, what do we got next? I believe it's St. Louis. Yeah, the St. Louis Blues. Blues. Uh, like I recognize nothing. one of the names on here, and that's Malcolm Subban. Yeah, they again, I, I, a very, very similar to, you know, I said with Philly there. I think they're, they're kind of in a position where they kind of got to go for at least a retool, maybe not a full rebuild, um, given, you know, some of the guys that that they've got on that team already locked in. I think a rebuild is more on the horizon. So we're trying to do like a, or not a rebuild, a quick retool at least um, and try to get back yeah. into it. But like, you know, they they really didn't do much uh, to start off free agency here. So I'm not too sure what they got uh, brewing over there in, in St. Louis right now. Yeah, it's, yeah, I kind of expected them to be busier. You know, they freed up a decent bit of cap space on the back half of the season by the trade deadline. You know, they sent out a Chari, they sent out uh, O'Reilly, and they really haven't done much with any of that room. I'm not sure if they had, like, uh, extensions kicking in or not, but... I think they, they had, uh, a, like, one or two, maybe, but, like, still, yeah, I'm just... And, and rumors have been going on for the better half of since like December of Colton Pareko being traded. And now I've heard absolutely nothing on that. So I don't know if, you know, St. Louis is bringing them back open arms or if there's still maybe a, a deal that's going to happen. Um, Do you know the, the, what his cap hit is Colton Pareko? Is he at like six mil? I th- want to believe he's just a tad under, um, I think he's around like, the 5.5 if i'm not mistaken i'll pull it up here uh quickly to to double check here what he's getting but i i don't like it, it's nothing egregious by any means yeah um because i mean obviously we're always every every hockey fan when some uh, player like that gets brought up they're thinking oh is that right for my team and you know what a big big defenseman who can move bodies in front that's exactly what tampa needs if uh if they could get that for 50 percent retained you know, two, two and a half mil. I wouldn't be super okay, pissed. So, so he's he's got seven years left at six and a half. Oh, I did not know it was that fresh of a contract yeah. or at that much. Never, never mind. So, so at that point now, after day one of free agency went on, teams giving out all this money. That's a tough contract to move. And he's got a no trade clause. I don't know exactly what that no trade clause is, but so that kind of gives him um, some room to kind of decide or or at least play somewhat of a role in deciding uh where he goes if a trade is to happen yeah 
Uh, if a player has a no trade clause and they get traded, do you know, like, does that trade clause carry over in the exact same way? Like if you have a full no trade and you go somewhere, do you control your rights over there now as well? Um, I'm honestly not too sure how that works. Yeah, I'm I really not fully sure. Because most of those guys, you know, if they, you know, are that adamant they're going to one specific team, they end up not, you know, needing to worry about getting traded or anything. But yeah, you see, you know, a guy like that, you know, he gets sent somewhere like he's like, well, I'm signed for seven years, so they can't move me. So I'll say, send me to Chicago. And then I'll just lock myself in for seven years with Bedard or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not too. Uh, I'm not too sure how how that all works out there. And maybe we'll have to do some research after this. Yeah, find out at some point how how that how that works. But uh, uh, yeah, also, I don't really got much more to say with with the Blues. Like it's pretty pretty quiet, underwhelming for them so yeah, far. Um, also, uh, UFA for them right now. Um, famed Slapshot legend Martin Furk. Uh, yeah. The hardest shot of all time, to my knowledge. Yeah, yeah when, he's, when he was in the, the AHL. And with the Ontario Reign, I believe. Ripped a, like... It was like 112 or 115 miles per hour or something like that, I think. It was nuts. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah, I can't remember what it was fully clocked in at, but yeah, that was, that was, that was nuts for him. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't really got much on, on the blues, though, necessarily. Yeah, I guess we can move on. And uh, next up, we got my boys, the boys in blue, Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, so what, what they, I know they had a couple that, that we were pretty, pretty big on for them, uh, make in there yeah the uh definitely the the main one to talk about is the connor sheary deal three years at uh two mil per year that's uh that's a really good value for a guy that'll be able to really be the i really like that sixth one. man in the top six yeah i really like that deal for them yeah and Man, boy, did we need it because Tampa fans seem pretty, pretty divided on what they think for a lot of the other signings that we've made. Yeah. yeah I know I've seen very conflicting things about uh, Josh Archibald. I mean, so he's on a two-way contract for 800 grand. So you could bury it in the AHL if he's not doing what you need him to do. But... Uh, it sounds, uh, I was hearing from some people that he's often a defensive liability, but he, he played with Edmonton and Pittsburgh for a while, so I never really saw much of his game. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, not too sure on that. Like, the, the biggest ones for me, like, I think um, Connor Sheary, that one's great. Luke Glendening, that one's awesome. Uh, I, I like that on one. A, on a pure re- defensive um Aspect Calvin DeHaan is a great, you know, uh, yeah. defenseman. Loves to block shots. Like, uh, I'm curious to see what their what their plans are, kind of with Tanner Janot, um, because he's still, you know, qualified RFA. So they still gotta figure out a deal with him. 
Um, you know, they they shipped out Corey Perry, Patrick Maroon, like so I'm kinda I, I'm kinda think... curious to see how they're how they're building this team up going into into next year. Yeah, we had a a more skilled and physical uh fourth line than a lot of teams, but they weren't very fast. None of them were very quick yeah. at that point in their careers. I think Pat Maroon was the youngest of the three. Uh but I really like Glenn Denning as a replacement for Pierre Edouard Belmar because yeah. they play such an insanely similar game. Uh, deep down in the bottom six, great on faceoffs, great on the penalty kill. Like that's, I think that's a great replacement signing. Uh, I think they're hoping to get a lot younger and faster in the bottom six, and instead of all these older guys. Um, I believe they yeah. filed for arbitration with uh, Jeannot. Uh I don't yeah. think it's going to get there. I think they'll probably sign something before that. But I'm, I'm really excited to see what that deal is going to be. Because after his past two years, I don't know how he makes a ton of money. You know, his only real bargaining chip in arbitration is they gave up a lot of picks for me. But. Yeah, I, I imagine it ends up somewhere in the range of like, like one point seven five to two mil for like two years. I would say, I think yeah. it's probably fair for a guy like him. And then, you know, two years down the road, then you reevaluate and and kind of go from there. Um, yeah, if... yeah. I don't think it reaches arbitration. I think like the Tampa's got some kind of plan to get something done. Um, it's just a matter of of when they get that done. Yep, I, I'll, I'll even take up to two and a half, maybe even three mil, if we can get a little more term on it. If we can get him for two and a half or lower at like five, for like five years, I think that would be a great signing. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, based on, you know, he came in, into the league hot and heavy, and then it, it's kind of tailed off. So, like, he's not in the area where he can command for, for a lot. So, you know, yeah, yeah you kind of got to see, like, yeah, I guess it, yeah, and you know, Tampa Bay isn't uh, isn't shy to to give out you know bigger contracts to some players. So if they if they want yeah. him to be part of the team long term, you you know may, maybe yeah, you give him like a, a two and a half to three mil a year for for five or six or something if you can pull that off and um, try and run with it that way. I'm not sure if that would fully get through at that AV for, for him if he wants to commit that long. But, um, but again, he, he can't command for too much, I don't think. No. Um, I'm, I, I'm surprised that uh, neither of Stamkos or Brandon Hagel have signed their extensions yet. Uh, the last few years, Tam, uh, barring Ross Colton going to arbitration, uh, I, he didn't go all the way, but he filed for it, and then they signed him. Uh, They've signed almost every deal, like July 1st or like early July 2nd. So the fact yeah. that we're almost a week out from that and neither, there's no, I haven't heard any talks about either of them is, uh, is a, not concerning, but I'm surprised that they didn't have something lined up, at least for Stamkos. Yeah, and, and I think either way, I think we kind of know if Stamkos is to sign, I, you know, I feel like, I mean, he's probably, like, if he's to sign extension, I'd put him, like, you know, maybe, maybe somewhere. Because what's he making now? He's, he's flat at 8 mil. 
eight, eight and a half. Eight and a half. So you could probably get him in like two, three years, say like seven and a half to eight mil, I think would, would get it done. Yeah, I'd honestly be fine with two or three more years at that 8.5. I, I honestly, if he is fine just staying at the same number, I wouldn't hate keeping him around at that. Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. You know, keeping him right where he's at, that, that's not a, bad, uh, not a bad deal at all. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully they get uh, some of those extensions put in sooner rather than later. Yeah, for sure, right? All right, uh, moving on to the Toronto Maple Leafs. They were kind of they busy had a in the big, past few days. Yeah, the Brad Tree Living show is like officially underway there now. Like they've they went out swinging here uh, uh, to to start off uh, free agency here. Um, yeah, they signed. I, you know, like, which one do you want to start with? I mean, what's the biggest one? I guess I'd pro- you'd probably call it the Bertuzzi signing, right? I think, yeah, the Bertuzzi one's probably the yeah the biggest one. Like it, it's pretty much. Again, it's, it's another kind of all-in for Toronto. They're bringing in guys on one-year deals, and it's like we either win the Cup this year or, or we don't, and then it's, you know, you're, you leave in free agency type of thing. Yeah, um, yeah they got uh, Bertuzzi signed to one year, Max Domi for one year, John Klingberg for one year. Uh, and then Ryan, Ryan Reeves, Reeves for though. three. They wanted three. They, wa- they wanted him with term. Yeah, and you know, that, that's not even a bad sign, though, because, again, I feel like, you know, as much as people say, you know, all oh, the league's young and faster, like, you need your fourth line to have speed and, and skill, it's like, a guy like Ryan Reese can still be be very effective, and even if he doesn't play the full 82 games, like, if you, you know, you use him sparingly, so it's like, you know, against certain teams, it's like, we're going to run with a, you know, run and gun fourth line of speed and skill but then you play some bigger heavier teams it's like we need a guy like Reeves in there to be able to kind of throw the body and and stand up for the guys when need be like I think that's a I think I think he'll do just fine with Toronto I think three years is a little uh a little crazy there but again like you kind of got to do what you got to do to get the guy that you need for for certain roles to, to help the team out uh you know throughout the the course of next season yeah, I, I think he fills a good role there. Although, because like, uh, just like you were saying, he doesn't have to play all 82. You know, he can really slot well into uh, the role that Wayne Simmons has had for the Leafs for the past couple of years. Where he just comes in yeah, and gives them that tough guy, right. gives them some grit when they need it. Uh, I, think, I think they definitely could have used it from a guy who's a bit quicker. I really do yeah. think uh, Reeves is a defensive liability a lot of the time when he's out there so you have to use him pretty sparingly i think yeah like I think when, he's, guy, when he's in the lineup like maroon you know is yeah he's definitely still uh you know can keep up with people while running around and being tough and being a shithead you know yeah like ryan is like when he's in the lineup you you're gonna get at most out of him eight minutes a night like yeah. if, if it's anything more than that, then that then that's an area for concern. Um, even the the Klingberg one, like he's a beast with uh, with Dallas Fears, and also just kind of dropped off. Like he signed that one year deal with with Anaheim, got traded to 
Minnesota, you know, just never really looked like the same guy. Now he's going to Toronto. I'm not sure what role he's going to be used in. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's a power play specialist, and they've got Morgan Riley on the power play already. Yeah, and then they've still got Timothy Lilligren, who, you know, they they were so big on him that they felt comfortable getting rid of Rasmus Sandin, who looks like they might have wanted to hold on to him a bit longer. Um, so I yeah, don't he's you know, looking really fully good. know what Klingberg's role is going to be, but I think the biggest ones is just Bertuzzi and Domi are are such very similar players, like... And I think those are those are just great signings for Toronto. Like, I feel I think both yeah. of them are going to slot up into the top six with you know their big four there. Um, both on one year deals, so it doesn't affect anything in terms of if they can you know get an extension for uh, Matthews or Nylander for next year. You know, Bertuzzi and Domi, those contracts, even Klingberg, those don't have any effect on on. Uh, you know, any extensions they make. So like, I love those signings for them. Uh, you know, it's, again, it's just, is it going to work out or is it going to be again? Oh, this is, this is Toronto's year. And then it's, you know, disappointment again. It's, I guess we got, just kind of got to wait and see how, um, how, how it's just going to shape out for them. Cause I'm really curious to see how their, their top six is going to look with Bertuzzi and Domi in there. Yeah, for sure. I, it's, Man, that's got to suck for Klingberg. Because back when he was with uh, Dallas, what was he offered? It wasn't at like eight years at eight million. And he turned it yeah, down because he wanted to get, you know, he wanted like nine million per year or something like that. And he ended up going to free agency or he ended up getting tra- moved to Anaheim, however that happened. And I mean, now he signed for, what is it, 4.15 mil for one year with yeah. the Leafs. Like, yeah, yeah, that's back-to-back years where he's just had to sign one-year contracts. And it's like, you know, it almost feels like he, he's a he's not even really a full-on veteran yet. And he's just, it feels like he's cup-chasing. He's just going team to yeah. team. And um, so, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'm really curious to see how, what happens with him, you know, beyond this year if he... You know, if he does good with Toronto, does he finally find a home there? Even Max Adomia keeps saying, when's he going to find somewhere? Uh, Toronto's where his dad played. So Domi's very excited to to join the Leafs. Like, maybe the Leafs are finally a, a team that he can stay with long-term. But again, it, the big thing always comes back to, they got to get those extensions with Matthews and Nylander figured out, or whatever they're going to do with them. Yeah, uh, have those I... figured out before they even worry about anything else uh with their team yeah they they definitely need to figure out what they're gonna do with they're definitely gonna re-sign matthews i think i think we just we gotta figure out what's going on with nylander i think Um, my my honest opinion right now is nylander does get traded at some point yeah um it sounds like the teams are just too far apart in 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 con like nylander is asked it sounds like he's asking for I think up like it sounds like potentially even close to ten mil. You can't have um, four guys uh, at ten mil or above. You can't well, exactly, do it. Not in the right? cap. Not in the era that we're in right now. That's and like absurd. I feel like a good area for Nylander is kind of in that eight and a half range. And even still, then like y- y- you know, then then that that's taking away more of your team's cap space. And then you're really committing to that core f- big four that you have that. 
hasn't really won you shit all really like you've gotten past the first round once great and then but what you got like piss stomped in the second round so yeah they didn't even put up a fight in the second round like they they can't go at it again and i don't think they will because this is tree livings now you know that was the kyle dubas project now this is tree livings team and i think he's gonna he's gonna want to build it in his own image starting with tearing down that infamous core four in Toronto, even though it's, you know, it's really kind of the core five, you know, people don't include uh, Morgan Riley in there as much. Yeah. But. And, and I even think you, you move Nylander, you can get a haul back for him. Like you can get a good, um, like package back for Nylander if you move him and then moving Nylander, yeah. you can even invest that money you save by not giving that big extension into giving, you know, Bertuzzi say a, a, a five-year deal at even just maybe Bertuzzi and Domi both together at like five-year deals at five mil each or something. And then that's yeah, still like, two great players for the price of one Nylander. But then, but then you include all the stuff like the picks prospects you're getting back for Nylander. Like I, I, I think that's probably the way to go for Toronto, assuming that Bertuzzi and Domi work out there and are actually good fits um, within that team. So yeah, a lot, lot of big stuff is going to be for Toronto over the next year's time of what's all going to happen there. Yeah, they between those two signings in free agency uh, with with uh, Domi and Bertuzzi, they that's that's a lot of value. That's not I don't know if that's close to Nylander value, but like that's a lot of value you just got for free. So if you can use the yeah. Nylander to sign those two, then all the picks, players, what it, prospects, whatever you get from that deal is just gravy, really. Yeah, exactly, right? For sure. Uh, but uh, right, I guess enough, enough about on. Toronto now. Yeah, enough about that. Yeah, there's, there's enough Toronto media out there. Yeah, exactly. Moving on to Vancouver, down to the Vs. We're getting close to the end. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, they made a couple. They made a couple moves. They're not a couple, the like historically more known for great signings. Moves, but yeah. Well, it's probably a relief for Canucks fans to not see them go out and, you know, spend big money on guys or trade for guys making big money. Like it's finally a year where it's, it's a little more common tame over there. They're trying to get their ducks in a row and get shit figured out over there, which isn't is not an easy position. They're all things considered, but um, I don't I don't hate these these depth signings that they've made. They're like Teddy Bluger, Ian Cole, each signing one year deals. Uh, Carson Soucy with three year deal. Like I, I think these are these are good signings for the Canucks that um, just kind of help bolster their depth more throughout their lineup. Yeah, I think uh, after watching Ian Cole uh, play a year in Tampa, I think uh, he feels so much more like a Canuck than he was a Bolt. Uh, he's, yeah. he's a good player. He's got, he's got good upside to him. He's fairly good two way, uh, game. Like he's pretty decent offensively and he can also be good defensively, but he, he has those moments that it really feels like the Canucks have more than a lot of teams where so he'll just, he'll take like, a a hooking penalty because he's water sk skiing behind someone. And then you'll realize the guy he was holding on to was like Radko Gudis or something. 
Like it's not even like a yeah. fast guy. Like he, he, the amount of holding penalties he took this past year was astounding. And like, none of them were against guys who should be like, obviously beating him to the puck. Yeah. But you know, yeah. he definitely, God. you know, those are, those are the moments that, you know, are frustrating. So you really notice them a lot, but he had a lot of good moments as well. A lot of solid games. So I think the Canucks fans will be happy enough with him. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to do just fine there in, in what they need. Um, what, and just what they need need out of him and what he's going to bring. And again, like it's a one-year deal. So if he works out great, it's like, awesome. Okay, now we can re-sign you, um, bring you back for maybe a bigger, bigger contract. And if it doesn't work, then it's like, okay, it was like, it's a one-year deal. So it's no, no harm on either side. Yeah, these, there's been a lot of one-year deals this uh, free agency because I think it's a lot of guys coming off of down years. And we'll... Yeah. We'll see which ones stick around. Yeah, but I'm I'm big on the Carson Soucy one for them. I think he's gonna bring yeah. Um so he can bring some good offensive upside for them. He can also kind of shut it down his own end. Um so I, I think he'll fill a good role for them. And I think that's why he got that three year contract, is because he can provide a little bit more longer term for, for the Canucks. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good signing for them. You know, three point two five million average cost that uh i think that's more than fair for the team yeah uh moving on vegas golden knights pass they i i mean according to this they haven't signed anyone Uh, i think they made a couple trades but i don't think trades like their biggest one was they they got aiden hill um re-signed to a two-year deal 4.9 million that's that's a great deal for for Hill and and the the Golden Knights, but like, you know, we kind of knew that that was going to happen. Um, you know, I think Logan Thompson's kind of getting pushed out. It's kind of tough to be him. Uh, yeah, but like other than that, there's there's really just nothing for for Vegas news. And I mean, they've they've won the cup, so I don't I don't care to to talk about them too much. <laughs> Yeah, fortunately for you, it doesn't look like there's really much news beyond that, you know? Bill Kessel's out there eating hot, eating hot dogs out of the cup again. Okay, so but... actually, I wanted to go back to that because Phil Kessel's one of the more notable names that's still currently a free agent right now. Because um, like, he signed a one-year deal with Vegas, it expired. I'm very, I just, I'm very curious to see where, where Phil Kessel goes. Because I could almost see, like... Because he's at the point where he's just going to sign a, you know, a 800K deal or a 1 million, like, like one year deal, like nothing crazy. But the funny part is, is he's at 992 points. So I was like wow. thinking like, man, imagine if like, you know, Toronto is like, hey, come back and run it back with us. Try and try and help us bring a cup here finally. And then imagine Phil Kessel getting his... uh his 1,000th point with the Maple Leafs. Like, I think that, that would be such a cool moment to see. Really don't think it's going to happen. I don't ever see him going back to Toronto. Um, but that would be such a cool thing to see, to see him get that, uh, that 1,000th point there as a member of, uh, of the Leafs. 
yeah, that would, uh, that would be super cool to see him go back there. Um, I mean, honestly, I could also see him for cheap signing back with uh, Pittsburgh and going back there for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely, you know, possibly based on the, the way the Penguins are going, like, they might, uh, they might need to need a guy like Kessel in, in there, and he could fill a good role for them. Yeah, I don't, uh, other than, you know, signing somewhere he's already been, I don't know where else he'd go, but I, I definitely feel like he's going to be a good value target for whoever does get him, because I don't think he's signing yeah. for much more than a mil at this point. But I yeah, think he's no. definitely plays like he's worth more than that. Exactly, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we, we've only got, uh, only got two teams left here. We're getting right down to it. These guys were fairly, fairly busy. They signed some good contracts. And a big one that I, I don't remember seeing. But uh, again, there was a couple that apparently I missed. Uh, the Washington Capitals, uh, they re-signed up with uh, Martin Ferravari for three years. Yeah, which, which is, is good to bring him back because they kind of needed, needed him back there on, on the blue line, um, especially with the departure of Orlov. So I think that's a good, good signing for both Ferravari and the Capitals um, for the next three years. Yeah, just under 2.7 mil average for those three years. Pretty good signing. The big and one, the, though. They got Max Pacioretty for one year for only two million. Yeah. So, and that that that's a that's a high risk, high reward. Um, well, actually, I mean, it, it's, it kind of is high risk because, like, well, I guess not really because it's only one year. But you don't we don't know what we're gonna get from Pacioretty because he looked great in the small sample size with Carolina after being traded there last off season, but. To come into next season, he's going to be coming off back-to-back Achilles injuries. Yeah. And so I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to even play a full, full season or, or, or what is, how, what's his skating going to be like? You know, is he going to be able to still be able to kind of mix it up and get in the dirty areas? Like, I, we have no idea what type of Max Pacioretty we're going to be getting. I hope it's the Pacioretty that we've, we, we've known from his days with. Montreal on Vegas, but I'm just not sure we're going to be able to get that from him after these uh, recent injuries. Yeah, I think I think this is honestly one of the low the lowest risk contracts, just because not only is it kind of a low value at two million, but also there's if he can't play at that level and he's ends up getting injured again, you know, he's on LTIR. Right back. Right back on LTIR, you know, teams have been yeah. using them for the last few years now to uh, get some extra cap space with LTIR. So, yeah, uh, so yeah, it, it's not really it'd be nice to see him bounce risk, back you know. for sure. Yeah, it'd be really I mean, nice and that's, to see him do it again. And between him and Fairvar, like, that's really kind of the big moves um, for the caps as of right now. You know, I think they're, again, they're, I, I, the, those rumors are still swirling of Kuznetsov. He's, requested a trade out of there. His contract's pretty, pretty brutal. And based on his play lately, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to move him. And if they do to where, and is there salary retention? I'm not sure. Um, that Pat Treddy one's a, is a good, good signing just because like you said, yeah, it can either, um, it could work out really on well, that's great value for $2 million 
or you know the injuries are still there and you he just goes to LTIR and it doesn't affect your cap situation at all. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm I'm surprised he chose the caps. Like, has because he hasn't won a cup yet, has he? No, that because Vegas dumped him and then they go on to win win the following year. Yeah. So, so yeah, he's still searching for a cup. He's got to be wanting a cup, but I mean, you're not, I don't think you're going to find it in this next year on that one-year contract in Washington. Yeah, and especially not with how the Metro, um, how, how like loaded the Metro is, and even the Atlantic going in next year. I just I don't see Washington being a, a legit cup contender, barring uh, something incredible happening for that organization. Yeah, that's a good signing by them, but it's a it's a strange choice by Patchready. Maybe that's just that was the most money available out there. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You never never quite know. Maybe there was more teams that were just a little bit too hesitant on on you know giving them a contract based on those injuries, and Washington was the one team willing to to take that risk. Yeah, and uh, other. Other than that, I guess it's really um, uh, just Matthew Phillips, uh, who I guess maybe around the league isn't as big of a signing, but we've heard quite a bit about it here in Calgary, just because yeah. it sounds like it sounds like uh, Calgary was willing to offer him a little bit more money at two years, and he took the discount and in money and years to go to the Capitals. He. It's just another guy who doesn't seem to want to stick around with the Flames. I, I don't think it's necessarily he didn't want to stick around with the Flames. I think he's was more so just fed up because what is he? He's 25 now, and he's been with the Flames organization um, since they drafted him. He's from the area. So, like, I'm sure it wasn't easy for him to now... now he was never given the opportunity to play in the NHL with the Flames. And I get now it sucks because they brought in this new, new, new coach, new GM, and whatnot. So maybe there's finally the chance for uh, for him to play in the NHL. But I think at this point in his career, he didn't want to run the risk of, you know, maybe playing the NHL. But if not, he's back in the AHL for another year, and all of a sudden he's 26, and then by that point you're you're pretty much done. Like your chances of of coming back and being an NHL player pretty much kind of crushed by then. So it looks like he's yeah. kind of uh, betting he, on himself a little bit to make, yeah. make an impact in the NHL over there. Exactly. Right. So I, I, I really hope he does well. I think he's a great player. Yeah. But again, guys like Martin St. Louis proved that, you know, even though you're a little bit undersized, you can still, uh, you can still be a valuable player on the ice and contribute in, in big moments for your team and whatnot. So, and maybe Matthew Phillips uh, will get that opportunity with Washington. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really nice to see him do well over there. Yeah. Uh, last team here, I guess. We got the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. I'm kind of just, uh, you know, re-signing some of their, their guys like uh, Nemestikov that they brought in the deadline. Um Resigning him, Dylan Sandberg, bringing him back uh, for another two years. Um, Johnson Fialbi, two years there. 
And then just a couple smaller ones, like bringing in uh, Brassois, bringing him back from Vegas. Uh, I guess, I, yeah, they, I, I guess we talked about they let David Riddick go, so Brassois is coming back to Winnipeg to fill that backup role, maybe the starting role if, if Hellebuck, you know, gets traded, which, you know, unsure of what's happening there. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they kind of made their big moves getting that haul back for for Dubois. Yeah, and Dubois. Uh, Gonna gonna kind of try and you know convince maybe Shifley to stick around. It sounds like Hellebuck's not at all. Maybe they can convince Shifley to 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 stick around. Um, but yeah, for the most part, kind of looks like they're for the most part kind of running back the same team as of right now, with the additions of you know uh, like a Gabriel Velarde, maybe Kupari if he makes the team, and then obviously minus uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah, I think. I think this team's going to start going into an interesting direction. I kind of hope they can move Shifley uh, at some point here. I, I think that'd just be good for, good for the team, good for the organization. You know, move him, move Wheeler out, kind of establish the new core of young guys and, and out with the old in with the new. Move, move forward with what you have now. I think yeah, because really the Jets aren't, aren't in a position to rebuild. Hence why, you know, kind of the package they got back for Dubois is like, we know we're lo- like he doesn't want to be here, but we're not just going to trade him for a bunch of like 18-year-old prospects and draft picks. Like we want to get guys back who can still be impact now players for us and can still be part of our team as we still try to, you know, push for the playoffs, uh, you know, in the coming years. So a Shifley trade will be interesting because, again, it's probably you want to get guys back who, can still contribute to your team now, not not project players um, that you have to grow for a couple years before they they come up and can make an impact. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what they do, especially with Hellebuck. Like him going to any team, that that's a total game changer for that team. So yeah. hopefully, uh, it it'll be interesting to see if he goes to a real contending team, but. Uh, Oh, as as a Lightning fan, I don't know if I want to see a team like the Devils with with Connor Hellebuck too. Like, yeah, I don't, that, that would be. I don't want them to be unstoppable. Yeah, right. They they would easily be the wagon in the East to to try and keep up with in in the standings and and whatnot. Yeah, um, but, uh, yeah, kind yeah, of wraps all, up our. That's all thirty two. Our teams, yeah. Um, like some of the big names still available, like we talked about, Phil Kessel's out there, uh, Thomas Tatar, even Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, uh, Phil Kessel. You know, there, there's still some players out there, even Tarasenko, Matt Dumba. Um, so, you know, we got some, like, still some guys we're, we're kind of waiting to see on, on where they go, what happens with them. Uh, like we talked about numerous players whose names are out there in the trade market. So, like, this offseason's still far from, from being over. There's still a lot of big moves to be made, and uh, we will uh, we'll keep everybody updated on them as they, uh, as they slowly happen. Yeah, and uh, just looking, because at the end of this article we used to kind of read off of, it's also got offer sheet compensation numbers. Oh, yeah. Which I think is interesting. And so if you pay a player just over uh, $6.4 million, uh, the other team has to give up a first round, first round, second round, and third round pick. So 
that means if you pay them 6.4 even, you'll still be in the tier above or below that, I guess, which is a first and a third. So, could you, yeah. like, the Rangers cannot handle a $6.4 million contract for Lafreniere. No, but they absolutely I would can. easily, I would easily give them that for one or two years and then uh, give up a first and a third for him. Like, oh, yeah. That seems, that seems like a no-brainer for a lot of teams, man. Yeah. I... I I hate this weird uh, respect thing that teams have for each other where they don't want to offer sheet. Yeah, exactly, like, right? Like, I just like, want to... Offer sheets just make it more exciting, and uh, I wish more teams would get in on it, especially when you got a guy like Lafreniere available on the market there. Um, yeah, it's not like he's some nobody. Like, they, like yeah, exactly, uh, I, right? I would get it if teams didn't want to offer sheet for, like... You know, like uh, if Toronto doesn't want to offer a guy from Columbus, I just know because they do a lot of trading back and forth, those two teams specifically. You know, if that's like yeah. a very common trade partner, you might not want to sully that. But like to just be like, I don't want to piss off any of the other GMs. You should be pissing them off. You want to win. That pisses them off, doesn't it? Like you go out there and do what's best for your team at a certain point. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like. Hopefully we see a day and age where offer sheets become more popular. I really don't think within the near future we're ever going to see offer sheets become popular, but we can always kind of just hope and dream that uh, that we'll start to see some uh, eventually at some point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, good, uh, good uh, talk on all the free agency. This took quite a while, but we got through it. Hopefully we did your... Did uh, everyone's teams justice out there? You know, there's, you know, we uh, there's a couple of we them. Uh, we were given we by them. Yeah, we didn't talk too much about, but that was that was good conversation. I like that. Yeah, that was that was. I mean, everyone realistically looking back, like the two teams that really didn't get much attention throughout this is Chicago and Vegas, but they're kind of the big winners because Vegas just won the cup and Chicago got Bedard, so they yeah. their fans have gotten enough. Uh, enough love from from all the media lately anyways so they don't need us yeah vegas is gm's probably busy partying and well i mean i mean chicago's probably also still busy partying because he just drafted bedard yeah exactly right he did he did all his moves before free agency trading for people's rights and then signing them instead of yeah getting the free agents which is kind of smart you know getting the making sure that you get those guys even if you're overpaying them you know if they're not going to the cap. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. All right. I guess that yeah. wraps everything up. Yeah, I think so. Uh, anything last off you want to you add here before we end this one off? Uh, pretty much just that the next episode's probably going to be uh, something about uh, the NHL awards. We're probably finally going to get around to talking about that. But uh, no, other than that, I'm good. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, thanks to everybody for listening and we will see you in the next one.